Welcome to Season 1 Finale of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Fry Comedy, and you can reach me at my social media, at Chef Fry Comedy, that's Chef B-R-Y, and you can reach Rebecca at Spooky Nerdy Gout. And today, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is sort of my Season 1 wrap-up. It's kind of like an episode that has uh, all the mini topics that are too small episode and uh, kind of the things we, we feel like we did right, some of the things we felt we did wrong, uh, and uh, it's just kind of uh, one of those episodes where uh, I'm not saying uh, goodbye, I'm simply saying I'll see you later. So please strap in, grab yourself a beverage and a snack, please share this. You guys can help me so much simply by sharing this and getting more people to uh, know that we exist. Uh, that helps us so very much. And so if you care about kindness and compassion as much as we do, please do the right thing and help us spread the word and spread the good cheer. Um, we are here for empaths. We are here for uh, people that love the paranormal and cryptids. And we are here for anybody who just feels like uh, life is getting a little bit too daunting for them. Uh, we are here uh, to help you and to uh, for catharsis and for uh, friendship. Uh, we are here simply to, to, to be guides uh, for regular people by regular people. That's what it's all about. So please uh, strap in and enjoy the show. Thank you. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell. Of Chef Bry Comedy, and of course you can reach me on my socials uh, at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B R Y Comedy. And uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, just kind of make this a wrap-up episode. Uh, some of the things we've learned uh, during season one, some of the things that we didn't know we would uh, figure out, and uh, just some of my uh, musings and observations. You know, that I, that I've written down here. Um, and then sometimes it's like, uh, topics, but topics that weren't big enough to create a full episode. And so I just kind of thought, you know, this would be a really perfect time just to kind of, uh, make this a free form, uh, you know, uh, just thought experiment where we just kind of talk about anything and everything. Because, I mean, after all, isn't that what that's all, this is all about? It's about getting things off our chest. It's about, uh, you know, just, being a good person and trying to talk to your friend. And that's what I think of you guys. You guys are my friends. And so uh, that's what we're here to do. And so I, I want to, first of all, thank you guys for uh, listening to season one. Um, you guys have been uh, really good and really great and really terrific. And I, you know, I just, I'm very grateful that, um, you know, that I'm carving out a small following, you know, um, there's, Things about this that I didn't expect come going into it. And uh, so, yeah, we'll just kind of go into that. Um, the first thing I want to uh, mention is that uh, first I want to apologize. Uh, I want to apologize for um, having audio issues. Uh, whenever When I bought my new computer, it's a brand new Dell G500 gaming computer. I figured a gaming computer would be powerful enough to, uh, you know, podcast and do editing and all that good stuff. And so, um, I bought it because it was a more powerful, uh, machine, but ever since I got this, um, I've been having little clicks and buzzes and you probably noticed that. And, uh, unfortunately there's just nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm just a one man show here. I don't have teams of professionals helping me with production and management and, uh, 
quality control and all that. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to apologize for uh, the audio imperfection. Uh, as a person with OCD and a perfectionist, man, it just uh, grinds my gears. I, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. And uh, I've been talking with Dell. Uh, several times. I think I've talked to them five times now. And all they end up doing is simply telling me, well, it sounds good on our end because they're listening through a speakerphone on my phone. And they, they, they think they know what they're doing and they think they're being helpful. And while they've been polite and everything, um, you're talking to somebody from Italy or the Philippines who is just trying to stay employed, you know, and so they, they don't really understand what's going on. They don't really care. And, uh, you know, that's the thing, you know, you so I'm going to have to talk to Dell and we're going to have to get it all figured out. I might have to uh, maybe just exchange this machine for a new one. But um, so I just want to apologize uh, if you guys have noticed any audio uh, errors. There's little clicks every once in a while. Um, it's not bad, but it's it's bad enough where I'm embarrassed by it because, um, you know, it makes me look like an amateur. And uh, I, I, I'm not an amateur. I, I've been doing this for some time and I have radio experience. And so... It just makes me feel uh, like you guys are going to give up on me. And I, I really, you know, those are my insecurities, you know, because um, nobody wants to listen to a podcast that doesn't sound good. So um, that's uh, one thing that we're definitely going to solve during uh, my hiatus is getting this uh, audio uh, uh, gremlins and the audio mix ups all fixed. And we'll get that all solved and uh, rest assured we'll have that. Uh, good to go by next season, which is going to be in about two months. We're talking about um, uh, November. Uh, we're going to go on vacation in September and October, and then we'll be back in November. So um, please, if if you uh, try not to forget about me, you know, I know life is fast in the fast lane, you know, but um, I assure you we'll be back with some great content. Uh, we'll talk all about mental health and we'll talk all about empath stuff and uh, perhaps uh, the paranormal and cryptids, because that's what this is about, you know. Uh, let's see. So I have this list here, and I just wanted to go through it. You know, uh, the truth is, you guys, is that I had this special episode planned for you guys, um, and then I ended up injuring my back. Uh, <laughs> any of you guys who follow me on social media know that on Instagram, I took a picture of me laying on my bed. Uh, and said that I injured my back. Well, the thing of it is, is when you're when you're in your 40s, uh, you don't have to necessarily do anything real physical to hurt your back. I, I was simply making the bed with my wife, and uh, something went out. And uh, you know, I've kind of had a previous injury from a deadlifting injury a couple years ago, where I had to go to the ER. And uh, I don't know what it is exactly, but it hurts like the Dickens. And so. Um, I've been taking uh, ibuprofen and, uh, you know, curcumin, which is the turmeric for anti-inflammatory anti-inflammatory purposes and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I feel okay, but it's, it's, it's making me a little bit grouchy to, to be quite honest, you know, and, uh, I wanted this to be like super special and be in a great mood and be there for you guys. And, and now I have to do a little bit of self-care. So I apologize that if my energy is diverted from you to myself, it's just, you know, Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, but uh, the, the, the point is, is that, you know, surviving empathy, this whole podcast, uh, everything that I do here is um, simply uh, a way for me to reach out in a society that's getting big and uh, not always nicer, not always kinder, not always uh, more 
having more common sense, but oftentimes having less common sense. And so I would uh, venture uh, to guess that anyone who's listening to my podcast probably already has their ducks in a row pretty well. Um, But I'm here for people who simply, uh, maybe they're uh, hypersensitives or, or empaths, uh, maybe they're having some mental health woes, or maybe they're having job troubles. You know, maybe you're having trouble keeping up at the job. Maybe you're having uh, trouble staying happy. You know, living a robust life, uh, it's not easy because um, there are so many mentalities out there, and you don't know whose advice is the right advice. And uh, sometimes we question ourselves. Um, and so, you know, we're at a point, we're in a crossroads in our life, I think, in society where. We're getting better in so many ways. Our technologies are getting better. Um, I think in a lot of ways, we're becoming a kinder, gentler society for the most part. Um, But the problem also is, is that in politics and in the news, um, there's just a lot of people out there, um, you know, trying to force us to pay attention to them. And what that does is like you've got Fox News trying to, no, come over here. And then the left is like, no, come over here. And so there's a lot of still to this day, as advanced as we are, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, humanitarian abuses out there. And so what this podcast is all about is in a way that's not unkind, in a way that's non-confrontational, we just simply want to address Anything that's going on in our society that is, you know, just not right. It, you know, it's not sustainable. Um, I like to put it as uh, simply um, fighting against uh, tyranny, oppression, and regressive mentalities. Because uh, you can be conservative, you can be a Christian, and still be um, a forward-thinking individual, you know, and, um, and, and, and the thing of it is, it's like, you know, I have friends who are conservative, uh, like my friend Craig, uh, yesterday I called him <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was just telling him, yeah, it's going pretty well and stuff. And, you know, and, and I got this sensation and maybe it was just me, you know, but it feels like when you're happy or when you find your comfort or when you find your confidence that, People are upset at that. It's all, and I don't want to say that that they enjoy your uh, sadness, that they get they take some kind of pleasure in your pain. I because I don't know if that's really it, but it just sometimes I honestly feel that you know I don't know a bunch of celebrities, I don't know rich people, I don't know famous people, um, I don't know people who are working. Uh, at the top of their field really anymore. You know, I mean, I used to in the military and stuff and uh, I did as an EMT and stuff. But now that I'm sort of um, kind of banished to Oregon with nothing but myself and my wife and my thoughts, you know, um, you rely heavily on social media uh, for uh, your, your, uh, your, your sense of connection, you know. And while uh, Instagram is a great place to talk to you guys, and Twitter sometimes, um, you know, Facebook is kind of where my personal friends are. And, but, you know, Facebook, the algorithms gotten so messed up and everything. But the point I was going to make is that, you know, sometimes like, you know, cause he wanted to, my friend, we were talking on the phone and, you know, he was like, well, I got to go. I want to finish this uh, show I'm watching about the uh, Studebakers, you know, cause he's in the cars. 
And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I hung up. And, you know, maybe I was just being oversensitive, but it just kind of felt like sometimes um, when you're proactive, when you're confident, when you're in your zone, um, others assume a lot about you. They think you're being cocky or they think you're being arrogant. And uh, nothing could be further from the truth, you guys. I am not. I do not get a big head about this at all, you know. Um, I simply want to grow. I simply want to make the world a better place, and I simply want to continue uh, sending my message to you guys about, uh, you know, mental health and being an empath and the paranormal. It's all about uh, trying to be a good person and trying to um, simply instill in people a sense of integrity and uh, decency uh, because our world is getting too big, you know, and, you know, unfortunately um, the people with the most money tend to have the most toys and the people with the most toys tend to have um, the most power. And that power isn't always used uh, to create a, a society of inclusion and in a society of uh, kindness, you know, and, you know, and that's why I, I talk about celebrityism a little bit, you know, because if we talk about, how uh, celebrities don't have to necessarily be humanitarians. You know, some are, and I'm glad for that. Um, but there's just some celebrities out there who um, they don't have to be nice to their people. And not that they're mean or rude to their fans, um, but it just feels like they're not doing what they could be doing in terms of turning our society into something more functional and more kind, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, while, yes, I am trying to uh, grow my empath tribe and I'm trying to uh, uh, send a message and, you know, I really am trying to grow. Um, but I, I promise you that my my intentions are uh, fairly pure in that um, I just want the world to start having a, a lighter and kinder uh, sensibility. I want us to be able to celebrate our differences Um because at the end of the day, you know, as an empath, um, I am finding that people nowadays, not everybody, you know, but you have to generalize when you're trying to make a point, is that a lot of people nowadays are super wounded. Um, and, and for good reason, you know, the world's becoming a, a shit show in some respects. Um, and so as people become more wounded, uh, they become more traumatized. And as people become more traumatized... Uh, they become more uh, openly uh, selfish, we'll say. You know what I mean? And so it's like, no, I'm here to self-care and fuck you, you know. Um, and while I usually celebrate self-care, um, I don't think it costs anything to be polite, you know. I don't think it costs anything to say, hey, you know, I care about you too. And um, I don't know, just ever since I got into the podcast world, um, it feels like my friends, um, I don't want to say abandoned me because that's not what it is. It's just, uh, there's like a, everybody went radio silent. I think a lot of people assume that now that you're in this, you know, great big, uh, you know, podcast environment that, you know, your life is so big and you're, you're Mr. Big Shot now, you know, and it's just not, nothing could be further from the truth. And, you know, I, I said it today on Facebook, um, that I actually feel, um, like my life got lonelier and quieter uh, after I became a podcaster because I think a lot of people, um, I don't want to say people are jealous. I don't think people are jealous. Um, I think people are just like low-key um, thinking that you're either crazy 
or you or somehow because of this podcast you must be uh, have ego or be arrogant um or they assume that you know you're doing great because you you're putting out episodes and so they make this assumption that oh you must be in this really killer place mentally and sometimes that's not always the case you know because um my wife and I you know we you know we're down to our last red penny you know we've we've squ- spent um almost our entire savings uh, during this pandemic just to make ends meet. And uh, because of uh, being unhappy, be, being anxious, uh, being unhappy, you know, you have this tendency to kind of try to fill the void uh, with things, with material goods, you know. Um, and while um, I probably didn't need every T-shirt I bought and uh, while I probably didn't need everything that uh, we purchased, um it gives you that temporary happiness because, you know, like I said, uh, my wife and I, you know, we moved here six years ago. Uh, we didn't know anybody from Adam. Uh, the jobs here um, are just like everywhere else in America. Uh, few and far between, and you have to try extra hard to, to p- get people to hire you. And then when you do get hired, they're not always so nice to you, you know. And so I- I'm just grateful that my wife uh, works at a store where she likes her boss and everybody treats her with respect and kindness. She's got a little tribe and network of people that are really good to her. And God, I am so grateful for that because as a male, especially as an empath, um, being a male is a different breed. And while I definitely agree that that if you're uh, ethnic or of color, or if you're a female, um, you definitely probably have it a little bit harder than white guys. Um, there's uh, self, there there is inherent, um, you know, uh, any uh, injustice and inequality in our society. But with that being said, um, there's definitely days where I, I feel like people assume that being white and a dude um, is just so fun and magical and it's not, you know, um, I, I definitely acknowledge that, that there is systemic inequality and that women probably uh, on the whole have it harder than men. Um, but I just find that it doesn't really apply to me because, um, a lot of dudes, you know, are born on third base, man. They've got money and they've got uh, college savings and they didn't have to go in the army and they didn't have to do a bunch of things. They didn't have to make a lot of uh, sacrifices to get where they're at. And, um, Rebecca and I have made probably more sacrifices than you should have to. And that can make you, you know, just feel cynical, you know, and it gets you all angry and flustered and frustrated. And then once your personality is energetically geared towards feeling sour, um, you, you become, people are put off by you, you know? And so it took us a while. It took us a long time uh, really to, um, find our goodness, find our happiness, find our happy place. And so that's why we're doing this. That's why we're into the paranormal. That's why, uh, I like to celebrate being hypersensitive because, um, I think there's a lot of people out there who are going through it just like us. And, um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. I've got a few uh, topics here. Um, but but I wanted to just let you guys know that, um, no, I, I do not get a big head about this. In fact, um, sometimes it makes me feel bad because I feel like people think that, you know, I'm untouchable or I'm, you know, somehow not in their league anymore. And I, I assure you, I'm still in your league. You're worthy. I promise you. <laughs> so 
All right, so we're just going to go through this list and, you know, we're just going to address things um, in the order that I have it written here. And uh, first I have apologize for tech issues. Uh, so you guys know that that's done. Um, uh, I have written here writing. Uh, I learned a long time ago as a writer, and this is a, a very similar to writing in that you're you're talking about your thoughts, you know, and writing is basically, you know, written, uh, a written, uh, uh, record of, of your thoughts, you know, and, um, the first thing you learn in writing, you know, when I was learning how to write and I was learning how to, you know, phrase things is that, um, you always make it about them, never make it about yourself. And I'm okay with that in the sense that, um, human beings, uh, we, uh, thrive on, um, trying to better and improve ourselves. And so when you gear things towards others, um, it appeals to people's natural selfishness. And I hate to say that because I don't think everybody is selfish. Um, but writing and when you make it about them, um, they, they all of a sudden they go from, oh, this person's talking to, oh, this person's talking about me. How can I use this for me? You know? Um, and that um, goes into the greater understanding of selfishness. You know, uh, I've spoken about uh, Facebook and uh, social media and how uh, you can get into it with people and then they unfriend you or uh, you've got cousins and people that you love, but they don't seem to share your uh, love of family. And so, you you know, you just get a little disappointed after a while with people who just don't seem to reciprocate your kindness and your, um, you know, uh, checking in on people, you know. And so I've always been uh, very uh, family oriented and friend oriented too, just loyal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Boy Scout, you know, I'm, I'm one of the last Boy Scouts, you know, I'm a soldier, I'm a veteran. Um, and it gets very easy nowadays to get butt hurt by people who don't reciprocate your kind sensibilities, you know, and then that uh, oftentimes will make us overcompensate and become a little snarky or jerky. And so I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think we live in a society now that's, you know, just getting a little too big. You know, there's a lot of people on this planet. There's a lot of technologies and uh, it's just becoming a very big, fast paced world. And it can get really easy for people who are going through it uh, mentally or emotionally to just feel left behind, you know. And um, and so there's this common uh, misconception that now that I'm Mr. Bigwig uh, podcaster that I don't get that way. But no, it's true. I, um, I do feel still to this day, uh, even though I get a lot of uh, feelings of, of a sense of accomplishment in, in doing this podcast – um, there are days where I'm like, I don't know if, if people really care. I don't know if people really like me for me. And so you kind of wake up sometimes in this mood like, man, I really hope people are as kind as I think they are. Because as an empath, it's not about, um, you know, saying, oh, yes, the world is perfect and positivity is great. And, you know, we should all live kumbaya, you know, every day. Um Yes, that is my mission is to try to bring about a greater kindness. But that doesn't mean that I inherently feel it every day. You know, um, 
this world is uh, getting a little too big for my taste, you know, and I, maybe it's getting a little too big for your taste. And so sometimes you just got to keep it small, you know. And so I I probably talk to three or four people that listen to the podcast. Um, I talk to a handful of friends on Facebook. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I get butt hurt. I'm sensitive. I, I get upset when uh, people don't seem to... Um, reciprocate and I'm trying to be nice to people and they don't always show it. And, you know, it's easy to feel like, you know, people are so selfish now. Why are they so self-centered? Why, why are they just always about me, 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 me? And, you know, what I think it is, you guys, is it's not just that people have become maliciously selfish. It's that the world has become so hurtful, so damaging to our psyches that we have to become self, uh, not self-centered, but we have to look out for ourselves, man. Um, nobody's looking out for our sex, you know? And so um, it got me thinking very uh, thoughtfully and deeply about uh, the human condition. You know, we, um, we all realize, we all, we all require um, uh, friends and socialization. And, and while I'm probably a little bit more independent than some, uh, I can go days without talking to people, and then all of a sudden, you know, I realize, oh wow, I haven't, I haven't spoken to the outside world in a while. Maybe I should go on and say hi. Um, that's just me, you know. But, um, but yeah, this world it can hurt your feelings, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, I've told you guys, you have to have a thick skin. You have to, you know, and that's what I'm trying to teach people is that you can be a super sensitive person, uh, and still, um you know, have to know where to draw the line. You have to have inner toughness, um, but you don't have to be cruel about it, you know, and that's where uh, I'm trying to teach people that sense of balance. Not to say you guys don't know, but I think just sometimes it needs to be said out loud because when you put it out uh, verbally and out into the universe and people hear it, um, maybe it hopefully opens uh, and awakens a, a part of people uh, that maybe has gone a little bit dormant. Because like I said, when you live in this real world, uh, it can hurt your feelings. It can downright destroy your psyche. Um, there's, I would venture to say that, that, that eight out of 10 people are, you know, emotionally or mentally, um, traumatized by something, some, something that happened to them in their life. And it doesn't have to be something as bad as say war, you know, um, I was in the military, but um, thankfully, uh, I didn't have to go over uh, to the war. Um, I almost did, uh, but I didn't. And uh, at first, I was like, oh, man, I wish I had you know, seen some action. You know, That's how you feel when you're uh, 22, 23 years old. But um, now that I'm older, I realize it's a blessing because nobody needs that kind of trauma in your life. And, you know... Uh, you get to thinking about uh, what's happening now with Afghanistan and the Taliban uh, coming in and uh, trying to fill that power vacuum. It's scary. And, you know, but then, you, you know, people are like criticizing Biden for it and all this. And you've got Fox News talking about, uh, you know, just taking taking all these issues and trying to create a wedge issue out of it, you know, and that's. That's the thing that I can't stand anymore is that we live in a culture where we just we just can't help it. We love fucking with each other. We love uh, drawing uh, our line in the sand and and identifying as this versus this. And so, the, 
you know, the, the whole versus mentality, you know, we're, we're a very versus oriented, uh, culture, you know, and, and in some ways it's okay. You know, like, like I was saying, you know, when you're watching the Olympics or something, it's okay to root for your home country. Um, just so long as you uh, show a little bit of humanity and dignity towards, uh, the other countries as well. You know, I, I, I believe the concept of, uh, sovereign borders is a little passe if you think about it, you know, but, but here we are, we have state lines and we have country lines and, uh, we, we are, um, separated by, uh, laws and cultures. Um, and that's okay in and of itself. Uh, you know, you got to structure society some way. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, really, we're just biological animals on this planet. We all require food, we all require sustenance, and we all require love and friendship and kindness. And so I just, what I can't stand about Fox News is that they're, they're, they're radicalizing uh, their base for their own pursuits, and their pursuits aren't always good. You know, so I'm not against conservatives or conservatism. They deserve their own platform. They deserve their own voice. Um, it's just that how much bullshit can you feed these people before they explode? You know, I just think, you know, nowadays you can't even be, uh, you, the common sense has gone out the window. And so <laughs> that leads me to um, the other day we went out to the barn at Hickory Station here uh, and we went and saw my friends who just moved back from Iowa. And uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. You know, we had masks this time because the Delta variant. Um, but there was live music and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was funny because my friend Evan, he's, um, you know, he identifies as conservative. And, uh, you know, and he he grew up uh, in Iowa until he was, I don't know, 10 or 12 or something like that. And then they moved here to Oregon and he's, he basically, you know, finished out junior high, high school here. And he's been living here for quite some time. And then a couple of years ago, they decided to sell their house and go to Iowa and, uh, start a new life. And I think that had a lot to do with just being closer to family. Uh, they wanted, uh, their son to be able to hang out with, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and just have family around. And you can't blame people for that, you know? Um, but, after being there for a couple of years, you know, he, um, he ended up getting a job at uh, Walmart and, uh, he was a manager when, when I knew him, uh, we both worked at Lowe's and he was a manager and I was, uh, simply a, uh, a weekend associate. Um, I had to know the whole store. Um, and so we had that in common in the sense that he had managerial experience and I had, I had to be proficient in every area, uh, to an extent. And, um, but, uh, he, he moved, you know, uh, essentially because, you know, he wanted to be closer to, uh, to, to, to family. And I, I understand that, but he was telling me that, um, he's like, I'm a redneck, but these guys are hillbillies, you know? <laughs> and, uh, it was fun to see that his wife is super liberal. Cause I didn't know, you know, I kind of had a feeling I suspected. Um, but that's the thing you guys is like, it's, it's pretty bad when you've got a friend who is conservative Who's like, I mean, I'm right wing, but dang, you know, like there's just a point where now the right wing culture is uh, jumping the shark. You know, if you know the old saying, that's a goes back to happy days where Fonzie jumped the shark. They 
uh, that's become uh, synonymous now with when when something goes too far where it's uh, uh, unbelievable. It's too ridiculous to be believable. Um, and that's kind of what's happening now. And I just don't, you know, I, I don't, I have a hard time talking about that because I, my best friend is a Trump supporter. Um, he's conservative. And, um, while I am trying to be respectful, um, I, I just can't stand any institution that is, uh, trying to push regressiveness. And what I mean by that is that progress is not does not have a political slant. Progress is about creating a society of opportunity and freedom and inclusion and equality, right? And so we want our black brothers and sisters to have and feel accepted and, and safe, right? We want our gay and trans and uh, LGBTQ folks to feel safe and that they have a home. And so... What I find that's going on with this right versus left wing culture um, is that it gets really hard to talk about because um, while you want your opposition to have a voice, um, you also want them to make sense and you want things to feel grounded in the real world. And so when you're arguing now, and when I say argue, I mean like an argument, you know, uh, a philosophy argument, not a heated argument. Um, but when you're having an argument with people, um, you expect that we can all agree on the facts, you know, and that's where we're at now where we can't even agree on the facts anymore because they're being so poisoned by Tucker Carlson and, and Laura Ingram and, and all these uh, extremists that they're radicalizing their base. And it's really hard now to um, just try to come at people. Correct. You know, because as soon as you identify as something that they're not, um, you know, the war is on. And so you can't talk with these people. And so when you see, you know, when it's harmless, it's like, okay, fine, you know. But now that we've got this pandemic and the Delta variant and people are still scared of uh, getting the shot, it's like, are you, you know, you, you, it's like, it just blows me away. It just blows my mind that we've gotten to a point now where people are more scared of a shot than they are of COVID, you know, um, especially when you see, even on Fox News, they, those guys are vaccinated for one. So don't think for a second there, you know, the, the fact that they got, got vaccinated right at the beginning and now are, are pushing anti-vax uh, philosophies uh, just shows how um, not only do, do they not care about their constituency, um, but they don't care that they radicalize people so long as they find a way to win. And I think what it is, is Fox News and the wealth agenda and all the wealthy elite um, who share that right wing ideology. Um, they know that they're outnumbered now. They know that they're outnumbered by uh, men and women who who think more socially liberal, because even my friend Evan uh you know, he's like, I'm a redneck, but I ain't a hillbilly, you know, because we all have to draw the line of what's sane and rational. And so when you have a, a multi-billion dollar news organization still trying to give legitimacy to uh, January 6th and all these um, uh, uh, terrorists, they're, hey, call them what they are. They're, they're right-wing uh, domestic terrorists. And, um, uh, I saw that uh, that guy who shot that woman, the FBI agent or whatever he was, uh, got uh, exonerated yesterday. So for, good for that. It's sad, though, that 
that that's how it had to go down. You know, it just makes me feel so sad because when you watch that footage, it's hard to watch, you know, um, because on one hand you're looking at it and they all, they all were walking around like it was a goof, you know? And then, so things didn't get real until she got shot. And then all of a sudden they realized, Oh shit, we're in over our heads. Um, but the fact is, is they wouldn't have thought it was all a big goof if they hadn't been taught that, you know? And so that's what's so dangerous now about um, politics and political news is that, um, you know, it just has become too divisive. Um, when you start radicalizing people and they don't understand the consequences, uh, it gets really dangerous out there. And so, you know, it's radicalizing people. And what people do if they don't have good mental health is uh, they may go grab for their guns. And so we really have to be careful in our culture uh, what message we're sending. And so, you know, I, I can only say that Fox News must have the most expensive liability insurance ever because I just can't understand how they get away with it because, um, you know, say what you want about, you know, liberal uh, media, um, as obnoxious and con uh, condescending as it can sometimes be, at least they tell the truth. There's no way, there's no way that um, MSNBC could get away uh, with Fox News does because um, the people who watch MSNBC are too smart for that. They're not going to buy into that shit. And if we feel as liberals that we're not being respected, that that we're not being um, valued for, for who we are, um, we would not have respect for that organization and we wouldn't continue watching. And so so what, what just really strikes me about that is the fact that, um, you know, um, there are good conservatives out there and they deserve a platform, but um, they're trying to win elections uh, by lying, cheating and stealing. And that's just not right, you know, obviously. Um, but but what it's doing is it's radicalizing people when when you now see the world through a political lens. And, and this goes for both sides now. When you start seeing the world in all blue or all red or us versus them, um, it, 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 it warps your, um, sense of kindness. It warps your, uh, worldview. And what it does is now you're judging everybody based on whether or not you think they're liberal or not. And, um, and then that's how uh, things, uh, sort of, uh, escalate into that woke mob mentality. And while I consider myself a social justice warrior, I care very deeply about social justice. I care very deeply about equality and I care very deeply about creating systemic opportunities for real regular people. That's what's so important to me. And so um, I have, it's difficult because you don't want to uh, piss off your, um, your followers. Um, but I just wish that the social justice people and the woke mob, if you would, uh, would understand that when you, when you consume this stuff every single day, it is militarizing you. It is you. You might not be coming uh, radicalized like the right. See, because they become almost violent. They become uh, antisocial. Uh, they become, uh, you know, kind of hard to deal with. You know, whereas the the, the when when it's when it happens on the left, um, I would say it's probably less violent, um, less dangerous to for our culture and society. Um, but it's still creating uh, that militarized, uh, militant attitude. Um, and and while I agree that there's many 
important issues that re- require our attention and require our uh, seriousness, um, it just, it, it doesn't, it's not doing us any good because um, we're becoming so woke and hyper serious uh, that we're taking ourselves too seriously. And when we take ourselves too seriously, um, it just comes off as uh, fake. It comes off as, as, as uh, too militant, uh, just too, uh, too much, you know, it's just too much. And so, um, I, while I might agree in spirit with, um, their, their uh, philosophies and views, um, <clears throat> I think we all need to sort of, uh, back away from, uh, the right and left leaning, uh, political news. Um, ever since, you know, uh, uh Biden won, uh, I stopped watching politics every day. Now I kind of watch it, I don't know, a couple times a week. Uh, I like to stay up on what's going on, but I don't want to be a part of the war. I don't want to be a part of that culture war because um, in that culture war, um, yes, there are, you know, like, uh, you know, like Ron Perlman, you know, t- uh, talking about uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, the governor of Florida. You know, he's trying to outlaw mask mandates. And I just find that terribly dangerous. And so I get it when it's important enough and we have to battle uh, these tyrants with common sense. Um, but the thing is, is that I, my blood pressure has gone down since I stopped watching politics so much. Um, I don't freak out as, as much about, um, uh, coronavirus. I don't freak out about, uh, the Delta variant as much, but I do follow the science and I do, I am concerned and I do believe that we should follow the science. And it's just, I'm at a point, you guys, where, um, I'm just bored with liberal attitudes. It's not that I don't agree, because I do, but I'm so bored of that um, just hyper-woke, hyper-aggressive uh, uh, mentality. You know, um, I get it, though. I get why they do it, um, and I'm on their side. Um, and so I apologize to you guys if that offends you. Uh, I, I do agree with, with you guys in uh, spirit, but... <clears throat> but um, Sometimes the best way to um, to fight fire with fire, they say, um, is sometimes it takes a little bit of, of honey instead of vinegar. You know, um, you're never going to get to uh, the most radicalized right wingers out there. Um, but there there are ways, you guys, where um, you kind of almost have to kill with kindness, because honestly, um, I don't think you're going to get to those folks anyway. You're just not. And so what we're doing on both sides is we're creating these uh, ditto head echo chambers where we're all in agreement with each other, um, but it's not it's not reaching across the aisle. So we're like, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's not getting anywhere because it's not it's not um, it's not challenging our society and it's not um, winning over any new people. And so. Uh, I really do feel like if we're going to win this culture war, uh, we have to do so with with intelligence and kindness and um, just maintaining a sense of dignity uh, for the people uh, whom we uh, disagree with, you know. Um, And so I'm going to get off that topic because, like, that's all I really had to say. It's just that uh, it just I find it uh, funny sometimes that uh, my conservative friends, you know, a year ago, the way they would act with Trump and now the way they're acting now, you can tell that they're having to cut bait a little bit. Um, even though they might think about it inside their heads, 
and they still watch Fox News and they're still being radicalized, um, it's harder and harder for them to be openly uh, that way because if it doesn't add up, if it doesn't have common sense, um, you know, you can talk about freedom all you want, but if people are dying and all we're trying to do is get you to put a fucking piece of cloth on your mouth, um, they have a hard time fighting uh, that uh, argument, you know? So I just... I don't know. I just wish that we could um, come together because honestly, we're not going to get anywhere good until we start creating a, a society where politicians start thinking about bigger things. I want to see high speed rail in America. I want to see um, a 16 or greater minimum wage. And if not all small businesses can afford that, I want to see ways in which we help them with subsidies and whatnot to be able to afford that. And so what we're trying to do, you guys, is we're trying to create a society that isn't regressive. We cannot keep going backwards, you know. And so that's all I'll say about that. Um, whoa, I dropped my phone. Uh, so so now uh, let's just kind of go on down the road here. Um, I want to talk about what went right and what went wrong and what needs improvement with the podcast. Um, real quick, um, I, I just think that... Um, I, I love the what I've learned about the paranormal. I think uh, I, I had no idea that I was going to learn about paranormal hotspots. And so I'm really excited that uh, season two is going to have uh, a really good place to start. We can start uh, maybe testing these theories that we're developing. Um, but I, you know, when you think about the paranormal, you know, like yesterday I was talking to my friend Craig on the phone and he's more conservative and He's sitting there and I'm trying to tell him about all this stuff about Mothman and paranormal hotspots and how we're starting to see uh, similarities between uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch and other paranormal hotspots and how there's this shared set of phenomenon from, you know, uh, everything from cryptid. There's always a cryptid in, involved. There's always UFOs. There's always uh, EVPs and ghost apparitions. And then there's others too, like um, there's, it always seems to be around some moving water source. Um, and then it also, it seems like there's always some land dispute between white man and, and the Native Americans. And so um, you're just noticing all those similarities. And so that got me thinking about paranormal uh, vortexes or hotspots and what are they? And so that's what I want to continue. That's what I feel like I've done right is um, I've really uh, am able to... Uh, expand my thinking about that. And then also I, I feel really good about the empath stuff. I've, I feel like I've done some good work there in that regard. Um, I, I feel like I'm uh, getting people to understand that being an empath, it doesn't mean you're crazy. Uh, it's not delusional thinking. We're simply uh, hypersensitive to vibes, you guys. And there's nothing magical about that. And um, identifying as an empath is just sort of a way to um, to feel like you're connected to a community of people who understand the d need for sensitivity, the need for emotional growth and maturity and emotional uh, intelligence, and a need to um, create a kinder, gentler society, you know. And so uh, when I challenge politics... When I challenge our society, when I challenge uh, capitalism or corporatism, um, I'm doing so from the point of view of, is this sustainable and are we creating a better society? Because if we don't start putting in check these uh, 
checks and balances for our system, um, we're going to forget what where the line is. And so, you know, I, I really uh, uh, frown upon um, a society that allows uh, systemic injustice and inequality to flourish. I frown upon capitalism when it allows certain people to become obscenely rich all the while old folks and uh, regular folks are being virtually ignored. Um, and you, some people are hardly making any money at all. And so I really uh, feel that sense of uh, injustice that we have to create a society where we're not so good with systemic injustice and inequality. We have to challenge our outrage because if we're not outright raged at least a little bit, uh, by that injustice, um, we're not going to do anything about it. And so we need to create more um, job opportunities. We need to create uh, more fairness in our system where uh, corporations pay their fair share of taxes. And we need to create um, a society that's more inclusive because honestly, um, <clears throat> it feels like we're all fighting an uphill battle now where society, we go out there for job interviews and we're actually becoming uh, enemies with each other. We're overly rude and mean. Uh, and we're just, why is it that me as a regular citizen uh, am asked, what's your qualifications? And you have to list them all. And you always have to sound you know, strong and intelligent and competent. Um, but we don't ask that of, uh, of, of them. You know what I mean? Rich people, uh, our leaders, um, we're just kind of becoming okay with who's in charge of us, uh, be damned their qualifications. And so I just would ask that when you support celebrities, when you support uh, uh, capitalism, to do so in a way where you're challenging the status quo. Because honestly, you guys, if we don't create a system that's more fair and, and gives more opportunities, uh, we're going to have a system that's going to collapse and that system will begin eating the rich. And uh, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, we need a society um, <clears throat> where the rich can still stay rich, but where uh, regular people uh, uh, create opportunities. And so what, what I feel like is happening is that capitalism, uh, rich people want to maintain their power and control, and they want to keep us down because... When they keep us down, they keep us ignorant, they keep us uh, frustrated, they keep us uh, doubting ourselves, <clears throat> and they keep us um, from rising to the level where we could eventually become their competition. So it's all about uh, snuffing out, uh, you know, uh, people's uh, souls before they grow too strong. It's like crib death, you know. They wanna they wanna snuff out. Uh, that inner light in us before it grows out of control. And so um, this podcast is all about um, making your inner light as shiny and living as robustly as possible and challenging things in a way that's intelligent and thoughtful, but not, but doesn't uh, create more problems than it solves. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, getting back to my list here. Um. So yeah, oh, what what went wrong? What went wrong is definitely my audio issues. Um, if I had known that buying a brand new computer was going to create such a litany of uh, audio gremlins, uh, I probably would have just stayed with my old computer. Um, but because I reset it, uh, I really didn't want to have to go through that again uh, and be on an older computer. So I'm just 
doing everything I can to solve it. Um, when I go on hiatus, I'm going to definitely be talking with Dell. Uh, hopefully, <clears throat> I'll either exchange the machine uh, or uh, we'll find some kind of fix. But um, uh, they keep pretending like it's not happening, and I know that it is. And so we will uh, tackle those audio gremlins. That's my biggest regret, really, is that uh, I don't want people to think that I'm some kind of amateur just because uh, <clears throat> I'm not uh, able to solve this issue right away. Hang on a sec. I'm going to take a sip here. Anyway, moving on, um, I have written here, um, <clears throat> patience and learning to go with the flow of the universe's natural time frame. So that is uh, just little brain droppings I get once in a while, and I write it down. Um, uh, we, when we're trying to attain anything in life, whether it be a job or a job title or uh, the proper amount of respect or credibility, uh, maybe we're trying to attain success. Maybe we're trying to attain uh, some form of comfort or happiness. But whenever we're trying to attain something in life, it gets so easy to get discouraged because, I mean, you know, just from my point of view, you guys, um, I don't really have a lot of people that are like actively saying, hey, thank good for you. There's a few, um, but but sometimes we can take that silence as um as being hurtful you know and that's not i don't think intentionally what people are trying to do and so really it's about having that uh maturity to understand that people get very busy and um a lot of people you know um not everybody knows how to be um as open and 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 freedom seeking and robust as others um some people just they don't want to rock the boat you know and so they um Maybe they're just a little bit more uh, conservative in the way the beha they behave. Um, and so, yeah, when you're getting impatient, um, we have to learn, you know, we're going to have days where we get discouraged. But I think for me, like at the end of the day, I have to understand that um, the universe uh, plays out in a natural uh, time frame. And so uh, it would be premature for me to like, you know, start uh, making merch before I have more followers. It would be premature to me to um, start doing certain things until it's the proper time. And so all I would say is when you guys are um, doing anything in life that takes time, uh, maybe you're building your career, maybe you're trying to get more respect from your boss or whatever, um, uh, you kind of have to know to, to take your time with things because nothing's going to happen overnight. And, um, there's kind of a time to know when to let go and a time when to uh, to double down and grab uh, grab grab on even harder. And so uh, if you are having a difficult time uh, with your job because you don't like it or something, um, I, I wouldn't recommend quitting your job overnight. Um, but but if you're in that place where you're not getting better, um, uh, you know, that goes into the, my next topic. When is it's time for change. Um, I know a girl, she just quit her job in frustration. Um, she works at the Dollar Tree and she went off, man. She's just like on Facebook, she's like, you know, she just kind of had it. She, you know, she lost her, her ability to put up with it. And, um, and good for her that she finally uh, started fighting for herself. Um, but now, you know, she's, she's suffering from all that backlash of making an impulsive decision. And so uh, my heart really, 
uh, is in her uh, corner because I really want her to um, to to succeed and to do well. And so I hope I hope she's not having any like you know post decision regrets. Um, it can get really easy, you guys, when you do something bold with your life uh, to make a decision and announce to the world, hey. This is what I'm doing. I'm no longer working at this place. I'm doing this instead. And some people will immediately uh, come out and, and be supportive. And then some people not as much. And so um, it can get easy to uh, try to delude yourself into thinking um, that uh, you can succeed at something when maybe you can't. And so I, I've I've uh, struggled with this a lot as a podcaster is can I really make it as a podcaster? Can I really make money at this you know at this point i haven't earned one red penny uh from this um but i do know that things take time um it takes time for you you uh to expand your um position in life uh to grow Uh, it takes time for people to learn about you it takes time for people to understand what your message is and so all i would say is if you're doing something and you're growing impatient um you know Plan the long game. Um, you know, it's it gets easy to get caught up in the here and now and be discouraged because you're not seeing immediate results. And that can go for fitness. That can go for success building. That can go for anything that you're trying to get better at. Um, try to see the long ball game of it because honestly, um, I don't expect that I'll ha- see any real growth and success until I'm probably in like season three or four, you know. Um, I hope it happens faster than that. Um, one thing I will say is uh, my numbers are bigger than I expected. and um, But I, I very early on mitigated uh, my expectations because uh, I read this article and several like it that were saying, never compare your podcast numbers uh, and your downloads to uh, YouTube. Because if you start doing that, you're going to be like sorely saddened and disappointed because it's a different uh, it's a different game altogether. Um, growing on YouTube, uh, you can see yourself in the tens of thousands within a few months sometimes, depending on uh, who you are and what you're doing. Uh, whereas podcasters, there are literally probably around seventy five thousand podcasts out there. And so while I do believe I'm doing something right, I'm super niche. Uh, I, I'm laser focused at helping a very specific type of person and that's empaths and people uh, who feel discouraged in this world. Uh, Maybe they feel like they're being left behind. Uh, And so because I'm super niche, I think I'm, my target uh, is, is right on, on target, you know, so to speak. And um, yeah, I just, I feel good about it. Um, But yeah, you get days where you're like, you get impatient because yeah, I don't know whether or not this will succeed in terms of monetary success or not. Um, but you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, why, if you're a comedian, do you not do more humor and comedy? And, uh, the truth is you guys is that, you know, I feel like we have enough funny people out there on Instagram and social media that people doing skits and stuff. Uh, that's just not really my style, you know, um, I'm not exactly sure what kind of comedian I will be. I would imagine uh, I'll, I'll be a little bit silly, a little bit serious, um, but I, I don't want to change too much. I don't want to just uh, contort myself into something I'm not simply to um, 
attract new viewers. And so I'm, I'm trying very hard uh, just to keep it, keep it real, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't think and worry too much about uh, things that haven't happened yet. So for me, um, I'm very encouraged by uh, the, the, pro the, the progress that I've made so far. And uh, I'm super encouraged by the level of kindness that I see. Um, I have had a few, you know, not so nice people uh, attack me. Um, but for the most part, um, when you tell people, hey, here's my belly, uh, you know, I'm showing you my belly and I'm showing you my vulnerable side. Uh, most people understand people who aren't sociopath sociopaths understand that this person is not trying to be a, a, a big rock star. You know, this person simply trying to, um, uh, you know, teach people about uh, the values of, of, of being a better person. We have to, um, sometimes we have to be selfish when we're trying to um, prevent ourselves from getting hurt by other people, but there's a fine line there too. We have, we require each other. And so sometimes it gets hard uh, living in a world where, you need other people to care about you and you need other people to express themselves. And sometimes we just live in a society where people don't always do that. You know, um, I was talking to Rebecca the other day and I just said, I wish people would just express themselves more, you know, like their gratitude and their sense of joy and their sense of uh, appreciation, uh, not necessarily towards me, but just in general, you know, I think we've become, um, you know, like, like that's like my conservative friends. They're, they're always so dry and so unable to express uh, any level of silliness or any level of weirdness um, because they're worried about maintaining their image of, of being um, a no nonsense person. People, you know uh, you know, I just want people to understand that you can be silly and have fun in this world and still be serious. You know, that we don't have to be, uh, we don't have to have sticks up our butt all the time. That life uh, is this uh, wonderful journey. And, and once you embrace yourself and embrace your uh, childlike innocence and your child, childlike sense of wonder and awe, um, <clears throat> you will uh, open up and branch out a side to you that uh, oftentimes feels like it's being uh, oppressed by our society and culture. And so uh, that's why... You know, I try so hard to get people to understand, hey, you know, be a silly heart, man, um, because there's really no downside to that. Uh, mental health and being uh, happy and uh, just being in touch with your own feelings. Um, yeah, you should um, address any negative feelings you're having towards yourself or towards life. Um, but <clears throat> being a silly heart, being silly, having fun. Um, doesn't make you automatically immature. Um, I have a lot of friends, you know, like my friends, the, the chiropractor and his uh, wife who has a, a, a master's in business. Um, I love them dearly. I do. But they're so serious and they take themselves serious. And I hate to break it to you guys, but people don't take you seriously as much as you take yourself seriously. And so I would just suggest to you guys you know, be a silly heart, man. Have fun. Um, if you are at a job where you have to be serious all the time, um, ask yourself, is that how you want to be for the rest of your life? Um, I, I do believe, you know, I've had jobs where I was a supervisor and I always tried to show people that, hey, man, 
I'm not better than you. I'm just in a different position. My position requires me to do this, this, and this. Your position, you know, requires you to do this, this, and this. We just, we just have different assignments. That's all it is, you know? And so I never got a big head about being a boss. I never got a big head about, uh, you know, being intelligent or having uh, knowledge um, or having rank or, or, you know, life, you guys, is terribly difficult. And um, if you don't get right with yourself early on, you're going to spend many, many years uh, trying to satisfy others. You're going to spend many years pretending you're something you're not. And uh, at the end of the day, honestly, the way I believe you get to mental health and comfort and happiness is by um, being honest emotionally with yourself. And being emotionally honest with others. Um, and, and sometimes that means that you might have to have a hard conversation once in a while. You might have to tell people, hey, when you say that, I feel like you're putting me down. Or, hey, you know, um, that hurts when you do that to me, you know. So, um, so there's a time and place for seriousness. And there's a time and place uh, for uh, being funny and goofy. Um, but for me, uh, being a comedian is like, uh, that's what I do, uh, when I'm in a good mood, I write my material and I'm funny. Uh, but here for, for our purposes on the podcast, I hope I'm inadvertently funny. Sometimes I'd like to think I am, but, but I'm more burdened by glorious purpose of trying to help people, um, just sort of hang on, you know, we're becoming a very big, unfair, fast-paced society. And so I think a lot of people are getting left in the dust. And instead of coughing and and getting uh, messed up in the head over it, I think it's just easier to say, hey, um, there is a large swath of society, uh, probably 80%, I would imagine, that are poor, that don't like their job, that aren't where they want to be, and who feel discouraged uh, because they're getting left behind by society. And so when you see on social media all of these uh, wealthy celebrities and all these big corporations uh, doing all these big things, and here you are, Mr. or Mrs. Nobody, um, it can make you feel bad about yourself. And so what I want you guys to know is that here at uh, Surviving Empathy and Chef by Comedy, we're all about saying, hey, I see you in there. You have a good heart. You have a good soul. And to give people the confidence to um, live more robustly, because honestly, um, you only live once. And we, you really have to challenge the status quo because uh, society, uh, we're not in the 1940s anymore. We're not living in the grapes of wrath. You know, this is, we're a very, um, we're, a, a, we're in the information age. We are in, in an age where, um, I believe regular people have uh, more uh, more to, to give and more uh, opportunities that they can create for themselves than ever before. And while that may sound scary to go off into the um, great unknown like that, um, <clears throat> to, now is a, the better time than ever to become your own person, to start a small business or become a content creator or uh, maybe start an Etsy shop or do something creative and fun. For yourself, even if it's just part time, um, we are living in a pretty good time for that. And so what I would say, um, as far as me being a comedian, is that, yes, I am a comedian and I I try to be funny here. Um, 
it, that's not my sole purpose on this podcast. My sole purpose is to get people who feel just completely destroyed by our culture and feel left behind to say, hey, I still see you and here I'm giving you a hand up and I'm trying to give you guys a, a, your own leg uh, to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps because you know you're good enough. You know you're smart enough. You know you're funny enough. You know you're uh, you're a good enough person. And so I just think in our society, we give way too much uh, power and credit to uh, wealthy. Um, <clears throat> it's like, for example, like, like whenever you see like the Oscars or any big award show, um, they give these celebrities these like $10,000 gift baskets. And I'm like, why in the fucking earth are you giving wealthy people $10,000 gift baskets? <laughs> you know, when there's poor people out there who can't even eat lunch, you know? Um, and so I just like to point out some of that um, institutional um elitism, you know, I don't think celebrities mean anything by it. Um, but we all deserve a job that we love. Uh, we deserve a job where we feel like we're helping and making a difference. And we all deserve to feel in this world, uh, like we're good enough and that we have control and direction of our own life. And so, yeah, um, that's what it's all about. It's about getting people to understand that, um, systemic inequality, is a construct. They, not that, not necessarily specific people, but society perpetuates that injustice and equality by saying, "Oh, well, people with PhDs are better than people without, or people who uh, attain celebrity status like Tom Hanks, well, they're better people than us regular people." Um, that's not always true. I mean, yes, we should uh, listen to the scientists, listen to professionals uh, when it's applicable, um, but. Here's a good here's a good example. We were watching that uh, that new uh, documentary uh, on Showtime called UFO. It's uh, produced by J.J. Abrams, and it's a really fun show. It's like four parts, each an hour long. A lot of fun. Um, I suggest if you guys have Showtime, you can get 30 days of Showtime by going onto the Google Play Store or going to Showtime and simply um, signing up for their 30 day trial. <clears throat> that way, you can listen to this. Really cool documentary because it, it goes pretty deep. And I was really quite impressed at the uh, detail of it. But um, the point I'm making is that, um, you know, we live in a society uh, where, for example, uh, there's they were talking at one point about this one psychologist or psychiatrist who back in the 80s, and I don't want to say his name because I don't want to smear anybody, um, but he was a, a one of those... Uh, guys that used to do the hypnosis on people who thought they got kidnapped by aliens, you know? And um, he got to the point where basically his main bread and butter was to advocate for these people. And um, I'm fine with that in and of itself. But what uh, I noticed at one point is that he um, and a lot of these institutionalists in academia, their careers go where the easy money is. You know, and so a lot of times what you'll see is people uh, that have these professional degrees who kind of take the easy way out, if you will. They take where the, they, they go where the money train takes them. And while that's not always wrong because they they may still be helping people, um, I find sometimes that academia and academics, um, <clears throat> they have a tendency sometimes to um, 
to have too much pull on our society in the sense that, yes, we should follow the science. Yes, we should follow intelligent people. But just because someone has a degree doesn't necessarily mean that they're so much more intelligent or superior to you. And and sometimes you'll see uh, that there's a certain level of uh, corruption there, you know, that I don't want to say corruption, but you know what I mean, where um, academics and academia create this idea in our minds that we'll never be able to live up to their um, professionalism, their intellect and their growth. And so we rely, they rely on us as a society to uh, give them credit for all this uh, professional uh, academia where they rely on us to, to be tricked into thinking that we need them. And I'm not saying that we don't need academics. We absolutely do. But what I'm saying is, is that um, oftentimes uh, academia, uh, you know, whether it be in politics or whether it be in schools and institutions and colleges and universities, they rely very heavily on uh, a construct of elitism, you know? And so all I would say is um, not everybody who doesn't have an advanced degree uh, is a moron, you know? You can be very intelligent about things simply by uh, teaching yourself uh, through the school of hard knocks, you know? And so all I'm trying to get at here is that sometimes when you're looking at the world and looking at society, and you're looking for your place in it in terms of like making money and getting ahead, um, don't sell yourself short. You would be surprised that, for example, like with me, I I am a self-professed paranormal expert. Um, and now I'm getting to the point where people on Twitter are like asking me questions. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I try to tell people that, you know, I, I'm not a professional. I'm simply an, an enthusiast. But Um, A lot of people make a lot of assumptions that, you know, when you have a podcast or you have some uh, form of credibility that um, that you have all the answers and that's just not always the case. And so all I would say is like like with the psychologist or with the psychiatrist is that he made a career out of uh, of being, (laughs) you know, uh, the uh, the guy who made tons of money off of uh, the phenomenon of alien abductions. And while I don't see anything wrong with that directly, um, we have this tendency sometimes to put way too much credit uh, and we don't often see the world in our place and our legitimacy too. You know what I mean? Like uh, we have a tendency to lend celebrities all this uh, credibility, like, oh, they're just so much better than us. And, oh, they're so much more talented than us. And and while I definitely think that we should give people credit, that they're due um, kind of try to understand where the line is because it can get mighty easy to start seeing yourself as nobody seeing yourself as not worthy, seeing yourself as not uh, qualified to have an opinion when we're all human. You know, I hate to break it to you, but those guys with advanced degrees, you know, they put it on their pants one leg at a time as well. And so um, while I do believe that the institution of academia is 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 founded and required um we need to make sure that we don't allow them to be corrupted by their own egos and their own sense of uh, 
uh, entitlement, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, they they get paid and they get wealthy because their voice uh, means more to people than somebody else's voice. And so if you're truly an egalitarian and you truly believe in equality, then that shouldn't just exist um, <clears throat> with you and your friends. That ought to exist across the board. And so what I would uh, say is that when you're trying to be a society that's truly uh, exceptional and uh, forward-thinking to, yes, of course, follow the science, of course, give people where credit is due, but never sell yourself short and never assume um, <clears throat> just because somebody isn't doesn't have a, a million Twitter followers uh, that their 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 voice, their words don't have um, merit, you know, <clears throat> and because I think that's what we do, you know, uh, you go on uh, YouTube and <clears throat> we follow the person that has uh, fifty thousand followers, but the person that has a hundred, well, they're not they're not established yet, and therefore I don't give them credit. Well, that's not always true. Maybe they got into the game late. Maybe they maybe they have a uh, an audio degree and they're going to tell you about advanced uh, audio shit, you know? So anyway, all I'm trying to say is that when you're trying to be truly forward thinking uh, to, to understand that regular people have a right uh, to a say as well, trust science, trust academia, but don't let them uh, bamboozle you into thinking that they have all the answers and that you don't know anything. That's, that's, that's a myth. And when we do that, we're perpetuating the status quo. We're perpetuating that status quo that, um, <clears throat> that you have to spend a hundred grand and you have to go to Harvard in order to uh, get a good job. And that's not, we shouldn't do that. We should be a society where anybody who's intelligent, anybody who means well and has good intentions, uh, anybody who has a credibility through experience um, ought to uh, reap the benefits just as much as somebody who worked hard in college. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, let me grab a sip here. So we're, we're approaching, wow, we're over an hour. Oh my God. I have more here. Oh, so spotting a sociopath posing as a healer. Um, I think of uh, a meme that I put on uh, Instagram the other day of Joel Osteen and his wife. And um, I'm not trying to pick on religion. I'm not trying to pick on uh, churches, but be careful in our society. Um, people have a tendency to, like I said, to give credit to celebrities and wealthy people because they're successful. And we have this tendency to believe that success equals merit. And that's not always the case. I mean, look at Tucker Carlson. That fucking guy spews bullshit and lies every day. Um, I don't think just because he's a millionaire that gives him a right to a say more than the rest of us. Uh, Joe Rogan may have the most popular podcast in the world. And while I give him credit for being a good uh, fighter, being a good kickboxer, uh, you know, being, being a, a good podcaster and being good at what he does. Um, sometimes I'm a little put off by the fact that he doesn't, um, have more humanitarian curiosity. I, I think if you have millions of dollars in the bank, you owe society a whole heap of gratitude for being in that position. And so all I would hope 
is for Joe Rogan is to maybe do a little bit more in the humanitarian aid category. And I don't mean just feeding firefighters deer elk because um, they're fighting fires near your house. <laughs> he did that. And I'm, you know, I think that was a really cool thing. And I don't mean to pick on him because he's a nice guy and he's got a cool dog. And, you know, I don't think he's a bad person. Um, <clears throat> but when you're a celebrity, a lot of times people take it for granted. They take their status for granted. They take their wealth for granted. And so I love when I see celebrities who are grateful for uh, their fan base, you know, like there's a lot. Dave Bautista is one of the most kind-hearted and generous people, uh, The Rock. Um, I think there's a lot of celebrities out there who are doing it right and they're doing good work. Um, but like take somebody like Sean Penn. Sean Penn probably isn't as famous as he used to be, but he's doing more pound for ba- pound in the humanitarian aid uh, realm than any other celebrity I can think of right now because he's actually out there uh, coordinating um, that people get vaccinated and he's physically out there. He's the one that plans them. He's doing everything. And so I really have to give it to people uh, who have a lot of money and who have a lot of wealth who are trying to make the world a better place because it gets so easy, you guys, that once you attain your success, once you attain your comfort to forget that there are still people out there uh, suffering, you know, and so I love when we can, as a society, uh, never be uh, too complacent with our own success, that we should continue uh, trying to pay it forward. Because if I ever get successful uh, at this as a podcaster or a comedian, um, I have you guys to thank for it. Um, And so sometimes it gets easy to get discouraged because not enough people thank you, not enough people come out and say, hey, you're doing a great job. Um, The little kid in you is like, hey, you know, but the adult in you is like, well, maybe they're busy. You know, you, you, we can't get butthurt by every person that doesn't come to our rescue. So that's where I've learned not to take it personal. Um, but yeah, I would just like to see, you know, people like Joel Osteen. You know, what really did it for me is uh, there, there were these torrential, uh, the torrential uh, 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 flooding going on in Austin where his church is at, the Lakewood Church. And he was, um, they, they just got new carpeting put in. And so they didn't want people coming in, ruining their new carpeting. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like what a PR nightmare that must've been. I mean, a church turning away people who are literally losing their houses to floods. And so, you know, the truth is, and I have, I I haven't talked about this much, but I used to be um, a born-again Christian. You know, uh, I've told you guys about uh, the time when uh, my uncle uh, stabbed me and I was hospitalized. Um, I vowed to turn over a new leaf, and um, it really helped me to understand how to choose my battles wisely and to become a better person. And so um, I became a Christian uh, for many, many years. Um, It didn't change my politics, but it did uh, make me believe in God and the whole nine yards of that. Um, but then year after year after year, my life still wasn't having purpose. My life still didn't make sense. And so, um, I started challenging my views and over a while, over the time, I actually became an atheist and people think that when you're an atheist, you're doing it to be spiteful, but no, um, for me, um, I'm still agnostically atheist because I, 
it depends on how you define God. You know, if you think of God as just a ball of uh, sentient energy and he kind of just controls the universe, but he's not a biblical figure, um, I can kind of sort of get it behind that because uh, something is guiding uh, our universe. And I believe that something is natural. It's a natural force of physics. It's a natural law of physics. Um, but whatever you want to call that, call it evolution, call it uh, nat- the natural, uh, you know, the natural way of the universe. Um, but whatever, if you want to give that and assign that to a God, um, go be my guest, you know, because I can understand how that could be. Um, for me, um, I the reason why I don't yet, you know, uh, hail uh, the universe as being God's creation is because... I think it all happened sort of by accident. Uh, it's like uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, the uh, Nature finds a way. And so that's what happens is that planets uh, bump into each other and uh, eventually be, uh, they, be, they, they gain a gravitational polarity because they get big enough, uh, because rocks keep colliding into it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so over millions of years, uh, you become a planet. And then that planet... Uh, creates and develops a, a natural gravitational pull. And when once you have a gravity, you can start creating um, a natural, you know, uh, 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 where you have uh, uh, an atmosphere, you know. And so um, I believe the whole thing is natural. Um, and, and so for me, I kind of feel like when you give all the credit to God, you're taking away some of the credit from your own achievements, um, and you're giving a lot of credit to a being instead of giving credit to the laws of physics. And so it's not that I, um, you know, because I don't, I, I want, I'm open to the idea of God just as much as I'm open to the idea of Bigfoot. Um, I'm a soft believer in Bigfoot because um, the universe uh, wasn't created by Bigfoot. You know what I mean? And so that's a big, heavy topic. And so my whole belief is that if you are going to be a, a, a pastor like like Joel Osteen, uh, like I said, where there's great power comes great responsibility. And so you have when you have a great amount of power of influence, uh, that's why I give it uh, uh, to Fox News is that I believe that when you have a lot of money and you have a lot of influence, you have a great amount of responsibility and power to do the right thing. And so when I see someone like uh, Joel Osteen talking about, you know, it's okay to be rich and it's okay to be prosper and it's okay to um, be a capitalist Christian. Um, I think he's forgetting some of the, na- the, the natural teachings of Jesus, you know. Um, it's not that I think he's a bad person necessarily, but I definitely believe he's somewhat of a manipulator. I believe that he is uh, very much in that dark triad of personality traits of a sociopath or psychopath, uh, Machiavellian, or uh, narcissist. Um, and and so be very careful, you guys, uh, when uh, uh, people pose as healers. Um, if, if, if somebody gets something good from Joel Osteen, good for them. I mean, I used to listen to his sermons for years, and I really enjoyed it because he kind of has that, you know, that country twang and uh, that relatability um, but when you start to see his life and his lifestyle and all the books and all the success, um, good for him. You know, I'm not against building success in and of itself, but I think, like I said, 
he is burdened by glorious purpose to uh, be above and beyond normal people when it comes to humanitarian aid. And so when he <laughs> refused to open his church uh, because he didn't want his carpet messed up, that was it for me. By then, I was already kind of on the on the border of believing in it anyway. And um, I just think that uh, there are too many people nowadays that are taking advantage of our neediness. You know, it's, it's so easy to manipulate people who are wounded. It's so easy to manipulate people who are hurting. And so I believe that what he's done is he's become very wealthy and very successful at manipulating people who need to believe in God, who want to be a part of the church. Um, and I have no problem with people being a part of a church. It's not that that I have the problem with. What I have the biggest problem with <clears throat> is that Joel Osteen doesn't like you, man, <laughs> you know? And so if you're going to be a humanitarian or a healer of some kind, you can't have some natural repulsion towards humans. And there's a lot of people out there who, you know, are germaphobes and have a natural repulsion towards humans and humanity. And so I just think that um, if you're struggling and you're traumatized in some way, um, be careful where you get your advice because, um, you know, it's like, for example, when I go on Instagram, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of like bodybuilding sites that I've, uh, uh, you know, subscribed to over the years. And now I'll be flipping through and maybe I'm having a bad day or something. And they'll say something like, uh, you know, the difference between bro splits and real weightlifters is this. And they'll talk about all these perfect traits and habits that you have to have to be a great bodybuilder. And, you know, I'm fine with that in and of, of itself, but sometimes it just gets to be a little too much for me where I'm like, you know, some people just don't want to work out all the time. I mean, look at Metallica. They're not all bodybuilders. Look at, there's a lot of good people in this world who don't feel the need to be jacked. And so my whole thing is like, if you want to be a bodybuilder, hey, go for it, you know. Um, but sometimes... People's advice and people's mentalities come off very um, pushy, pushy and elite, you know, and I just think that you have to be careful uh, where you get your mentalities from. And that's why I can't help myself when I stick it to Fox News, because they have a very big audience and they are teaching people to be assholes, to be sociopaths, to be selfish. And to be mean-spirited and to be rude. And they don't care about corruption so long as it benefits their side. But then they get all butthurt if, uh, you know, uh, you know, somebody does something on the left. Oh, they cry foul at every little thing. It's like, oh, come on. Look in the mirror, you guys. And so my whole thing here is about being, um, <clears throat> you know, just being, not being a hypocrite. You know, if you're going to um, uh, uh, give out advice... You better be in a position to give out advice without being a hypocrite. And so just be careful out there where um, wealthy institutions, uh, big organizations, uh, even academia, uh, sometimes they can convince you to surrender your own sense of worth uh, because it helps empower their agendas. And so I'm not saying be anti-science. I'm not saying be anti-establishment necessarily. Um, just know that sometimes you have to challenge the, stab uh, the establishment. The way 
things are in our society uh, <clears throat> doesn't naturally make it right. Might doesn't make right. So I would just say that use your head when challenging these systems because working at Target or Walmart or wherever, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But if you feel that they're taking away your value, they're making you feel small, they're exploiting you, um, then you have every right to say, hey, guys, um, this is what my job makes me feel like, and this is why I think you shouldn't work there. Um, and it's not about trying to hurt others. It's not about trying to, you know, <clears throat> uh, make Target or Walmart fail. They're so big, they're never going to fail. It's about, you know, simply trying to educate people where the line of decency really is. Um, because we be, we get a, a numb, we grow numb in our society, in our culture to what right and wrong is. And so um, it's not about being a goody two-shoe. It's about knowing where that line is and knowing where that distinction is. So anyway, um, I'm almost done. We've, we're at an hour and a half. Um, I feel like this, like I, I, I put way too much time in little topics, but I really, like I said, I really wanted this to just kind of be a go for it uh, episode. Let me read over this and I'll, I'll go over one more thing and then I'll let you guys go. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Dealing with insecurity, egos, selfishness, shallowness, and people who talk about themselves and their own greatness and accomplishments, people who make you feel small or like a wallflower because they're just so darn into themselves. Um, <clears throat> you guys, there are always going to be people out there who don't have your backs, even if they act like it. There are people who perhaps um, are, are insecure, and insecure people are dangerous because their loyalties, you don't know where their loyalties are. And while we all get insecure from time to time, um, people who are self selfish and talk about themselves a lot, it could just be because they feel like um, nobody gives them enough credit and everybody's looking for validation. And so sometimes it could be harmless. Um, <clears throat> but other times it's a telltale sign of being a sociopath. And so we have to simply... Uh, be able to identify people who are going to be bad for us. Um, but, you know, like, for example, there's a guy on Facebook, and at first, um, he annoyed me. Uh, he's a guy who's going through recovery, and, and um, there's several of them, and so I, I don't want to point out which one. But at first, I was like, oh, God, he just talks about himself nonstop, doesn't he? He just loves himself. Um, you know, and a lot of people make an assumption because I talk on the radio that I must be in love with my own voice? No, I'm, I'm losing my voice today. I'm I'm not perfect by any stretch. But um, no, it's not about ego at all. It's about trying to be a good person. It's about doing what you know is right for you and uh, trying to make some good in the world. But anyway, this guy, um, he's just always going on about this and that and himself. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. <clears throat> but once I learned that he's in recovery... And I learned that he's trying to turn over a new leaf. Um, I gave him a chance. And I realized that actually inside of him is a good person. He's thoughtful. He's um, polite. He's kind. Um, but yeah, occasionally, you know, there's a lot of people out there um, <clears throat> who uh, think very highly of themselves. <laughs> and um, sometimes they can be a little bit hard to stand. And so... Um, I would just say with those people, um, 
you know, ignore what you can, you know, it depends on how close you are, but people, I think a lot of people are just looking for validation. And so, um, giving people compliments, paying people compliments, being nice to each other, um, doesn't cost anything. And so I think a lot of people make the assumption with me because I'm a podcaster and I'm a public figure that I must just have things so figured out. And that's not always the case. Um, uh, I try very hard to show you guys that this is not about trying to be a celebrity. This is not about trying to um, be better than anyone. It's simply about waking up one day to the reality like, wow, I've spent my whole life working jobs that have really has done nothing to serve humanity. And people will tell you that's perfectly okay. For me, it's not okay. I think eventually you have to arrive at a place in life where you start making a difference in your own life and you start making a difference in the world. And if you have spent most of your life in jobs <clears throat> that are simply uh, not moving our country forward, not helping uh, society, um, you, it, some people are okay with that. Me, I'm not okay with it. And so I think most people were simply looking for validation. And so try when you're um, dealing with people, because most people, we're all fighting for attention. We're all fighting to be heard. We're all fighting to be validated. And it gets real easy to start getting in that manipulation game where you may feel like someone else is trying to um, destroy you or whatever, you know, or trying to um, uh, underestimate you. And yes, there are going to be people in this world who... Um, simply just don't have the mental maturity to um, to be gracious, to be grateful, to be um, glad for other people, you know? And, and that's what I was saying at the beginning with my friend Craig. Um, I don't believe he doesn't have my best interests, um, but there is sometimes some people, they feel like they're better to you and nicer to you when you're down, you know? And when you're up... Um, they tend to go away. And I think that's their own insecurities because I think a lot of people, um, they don't want, they, everybody needs friends that are better than them so that you have somebody to learn from. And everybody needs friends that are worse than them so that you feel good about yourself. And I think there's a lot of people playing those games out there where they're okay with you being down and depressed and anxious and worrying and, uh, down and out and maybe you have a drug problem or maybe you have a uh, chronic depression or maybe you have uh, you drink too much or whatever but they um exploit your um imperfection because it makes them feel better about themselves um that's not right that's their insecurity and so i would just say that if you have friends like that um maybe talk to them tell them hey it feels like you only like me when I'm down, you know, and um, just because for once in my life, I'm trying to be somebody and I'm trying to uh, acknowledge my own value and worth, um, that doesn't mean that I'm arrogant. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to be better than anyone. And so I think in this world, um, there's just a lot of regressive mentalities out there that need addressing you guys. And that's why um, it's not about being harsh with these people. It's not about being mean or cruel. It's about uh, knowing the people that you should probably not be in your life. 
who should not be in your life, and then knowing the people who are good for your soul because they share your values. Um, my friend Craig, I I don't know for sure if he's got my best interests. Um, it does feel like sometimes that he prefers me when I'm sad, that he prefers me when I'm down, when he prefers me when I'm uh, at my wit's end, and um, that does hurt my feelings. That being said, um, Craig is just Craig, you know? Um, and so I try to take the good with the bad, and that's what I try to do with all people, is just try to understand that just because people have certain flaws doesn't mean that they're bad people. And so for me, um, this world uh, is all about traversing life in a way um, that we can make the the most good decisions as we can and uh, try to be as forgiving as as quickly and easily as we can. I'm a, I, I forgive people quickly. Um, in fact, there's a, a girl who, uh, uh, the one I told you about, who uh, we, we, we lost each other's friendship. We had a falling out <clears throat> because we, uh, we were arguing one day uh, because she's a Jehovah's Witness. And I wrote her the other day um, because I thought she had unblocked me. And I wanted to take that opportunity to say, hey, we loved you. We missed you. And we're sorry this thing happened. And so I did it, uh, not with the expectation that she was going to have us back, um, but, but more just to say, hey, you know, I want you to understand why that hurt me so much. <clears throat> because at the end of the day, um, when you have friends that that portend to, to care about you, um, I felt like for some time she was uh, pegging us all wrong. She was taking our uh, disgust of Trump as some kind of militant thing. We were just worried about Trump and worried about what his uh, followers could do. And huh, look what we found out what his followers can do. They can they can attack the Capitol. They can try to subvert democracy. And so my concern about uh, uh, Trump and Trumpism uh, has nothing to do with you being conservative. It has everything to do with decency and the rule of law. And so, you know, uh, she, this, this girl, you know, we had a falling out and it hurt my, it hurt, you know, when you care about people, it hurts. But that's the thing, you guys, is that there are some people that once they make up their mind that you're no longer of service to them, <laughs> you can't do anything to convince them otherwise. And, um, and so I tried to remind her that Rebecca and I uh, still loved her, that we're still good people. We never lost our uh, morality. We never lost sight of who we are. It's just that during the Trump years, it was a very worrisome time because I don't think a lot of people understand this is not just uh, for fun, you guys. Uh, th there are real world consequences for uh, the influence that Trump had on our politics and had on our uh, culture. And so all I would say is that at the end of the day, uh, do what's right for you, you know, because unfortunately, and it's so unfortunate, you guys, let me take a sip. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> unfortunately, you guys, <clears throat> we're living in a society now that um, isn't very nice sometimes and isn't very kind and, um, and, and while we do have to learn to have a thick skin, uh, we really do have to be careful with people because um, just because you think you know somebody because you went to high school together or college together, just because you have a certain understanding of them doesn't mean 
that uh, you know what's in their heart. And so uh, we have to be very careful. Um, so I've gotten to the point where um, I simply uh, try to be good to everybody. And for those who understand me, will come back. And for those who don't, will not. And, um, you know, I just, I think it's terribly dangerous uh, when we try to assign priority to some friends and not others, because sometimes we have this tendency to give like our old high school friends who we grew up with more priority than our new friends who we've attained uh, through, through our adulthood. And the reason why that's dangerous is because, for example, the two, the, my two best friends growing up, well, actually three of my best friends have all you know, hurt me in the past while my new friends um, are much more considerate and kind and have share my sensibilities a lot more. And so it's not that we should be um, super judgmental or anything like that, but we have to be careful when we have people in our life because uh, the more it's kind of like marriage or having kids. Uh, I hear that having kids is a wonderful thing. Uh, marriage for me is a, is a great and wonderful thing. I love being with my wife. But when you have uh, people in your life that you love, you have more to lose. And so you have to be careful with that because what would happen to you if you lost that person or what would happen if you lost your child? Um, I don't want to find out because I've lost two cats and that destroyed me enough. So I can only imagine how it would feel to me if I had lost a son or daughter. And so um, the last thing I would leave you guys with, I'm sorry this went on so long, um, but I, I really wanted this just to be a stream of consciousness episode and kind of show you guys what this is all about. Um, what it's all about is being inclusive, uh, being kind, uh, uh, maintaining uh, dignity. Uh, you know, as an EMT, uh, our main goal was to preserve the dignity of our patients and that's what we should all be doing is not only preserving our own dignity, but preserving the dignity of those around us. And um, we should be forgiving. We should forgive quickly. We should forgive easily. Um, but there are going to be people in your life who perhaps uh, aren't so well put together who uh, may not have your best interests. And so trying to understand uh, the difference between someone who uh, loves you and cares about you, but might just have some issues and someone who might actually be actively hurting you, uh, you have to know where that line is. And so anyway, enough about all that. Um, you guys, I am so, so very proud to serve you. Um, sorry if that comes off corny, um, but I am here uh, to help empaths learn to traverse this uh, oftentimes mean and rude and cruel and regressive and sometimes sociopathic world. I am here to um, get into the paranormal because I think it can uncover a lot of things about um, who we are as a people. Um, when you learn about the paranormal, it's fun and it helps us realize that there's uh, so much more to this world than just Kmarts and Walmarts and bad people and Jeff Bezos and rich, wealthy agendas. You know, there are, there are people in this world um, who who just want to make enough money to survive. And that's like me. I just want to make enough money at this so I can keep doing it because I love it. I love talking on the radio. I love helping people. And I hope this grows to the point where um, I can begin uh, doing more 
uh, humanitarian pursuits. You know, uh, I'd like to start uh, giving uh, money to charities. I want to start foundations. Um, I want to start selling merch, and I want some of that merch to be able to go to, to uh, good causes. Um, yeah, it'll help also support my business, and it puts a little a couple pennies in my pocket, but but I really want to make sure that not only am I taking care of myself, but I'm taking care of you guys as well. Um, there's an old saying. Well, I don't know if it's a saying. It's something that I've always had stuck in my brain for a long time is that uh, when you're on an airplane and um, if if the little uh, air uh, masks come down out of the thing, they say to attach, put the mask on your child before you put it on yourself. Um or no, put it on yourself before you put it on the child. And the reason that is, is because uh, you can't take care of a child if you can't take first take care of yourself, okay? And so what this is all about, you guys, what, what, what surviving empathy is all about is about survival, and it's about empathy. It's about taking care of empaths. It's about taking care of our mental health. And it's about uh, fighting systemic uh, regressiveness and oppressiveness and tyranny, uh, and so that we can, um, you know, fight another day. You know, we're uh, the whole point of, of life, I believe, is uh, to um, take care. First, take care of yourself, because if you can't take care of yourself, you won't be in a position to take care of others. And so um, that's the most important thing I, I think I can say is that uh, make sure uh, you're taking good care of yourself. We're all going to have bad days. Uh, our mental health is very important, um, but but try be careful out there, you guys. Um, some people are 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 having all kinds of problems, and while we should always try to help those people when we can, um, sometimes they're gonna just they're gonna turn their eye at you and they're gonna think you're a part of the problem, even though you're trying to be a part of the solution. And um, that's sometimes the biggest uh, problem I have uh, in being a male being a guy is that a lot of people assume that because I'm white and because I'm a dude, uh, that I must be a part of the problem because there's so many white males out there causing problems. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I want to help our society, uh, gain traction. I want there to be a real life, uh, 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 betterment for regular working people. I want people's mental health to, to get to the point where they not only are, surviving but they're thriving uh you cannot live a robust life if you're barely clinging uh to this you know you're barely hanging on for dear life you know um to, in order to to live a robust life you have to have uh fruitfulness robust living requires not just uh just enough to survive but a, a life of abundance that doesn't mean be greedy that doesn't mean um, take more than your fair share. It just simply means um, you can't grow into a bigger, better person until you've taken care of yourself. And so that's the biggest takeaway I have for you guys. Um, you know, whenever I'm criticizing others or criticizing any system uh, or institution, I'm doing it for the betterment of people, um, even conservatives. They don't realize that when they're being radicalized, that um, oftentimes they're being sold a bunch of snake oil. And at the end of the day, um, look at all the conservative people who are dying right now of COVID. Um, they often don't see the light until it's too late. And so 
what it's about is not to to make fun of them, not to uh, mock them, not to pile on, but simply um, to make the most about of good and difference while you still can. And if you can, um, you know, just convince one person to wear a mask or convince one person to get vaccinated or convince one person that, uh, you know, Donald Trump is a failed experiment, um, then you've done some good in this world. And I don't say that to be mean or malicious. I say it because it's the truth. Um, some things are universally simply self-evident. Some things are simply universally true. And so that is the takeaway here, you guys, is that I am here uh, to help you guys uh, uh, feel empowered. I am here to um, help you guys understand that the world uh, can be mighty, rude, and cruel, and uh, people can be mighty, um, uh, self-conscious, self-conscious, and uh, they can be uh, very uh, uh, mean and cruel uh, and and selfish and self-centered. And while maybe they have their own issues to work through, uh, it might not be so healthy for you to stick around. And so um, it's all about uh, you know maintaining a robust and fruitful life of of positivity and hope. And um, I just don't think we're getting that right now. I I think we're getting there in some ways, um, but we have the potential right now in this life. Um, You know, when I think about the old days, you know, I wonder, uh, there's an old, (laughs) there's an old Chris Cornell lyric that says, uh, uh, sometimes uh, the perfect present isn't the future. Uh, Trust me, I've looked around. Um, Yeah. what he's saying is, is that, um, we're running out of time, you guys. And we are, we are running out of time. Um, if our society doesn't start, um, uh, getting out of our addiction to Fox fossil fuels, uh, I love gas guzzlers. I love driving regular vehicles. And so, you know, it's just that I know that, um, unless our species dies out, uh, the world will not heal without uh, us changing direction. And so we need to incentivize, uh, technologies that are going to be green and clean for our earth. Uh, we need to get rid of um, <clears throat> any institutions that are uh, selling you on uh, cruelness and indecency. And that's my biggest beef with uh, with Fox News is that I don't think they care about their folks. And uh, that simply will not stand. I think I care about conservatives as people more than they care. And while they may love the red meat and uh, the dog whistle language and the gaslighting because it helps uh, their confidence and all that. Uh, They are creating a culture that is unsustainable. And um, I just think that uh, conservatives would be much better off uh, embracing science, embracing inclusiveness, getting rid of their xenophobic and sexist ways. And just, um, rebranding themselves as a party uh, that is for good things. Uh, Because right now, I I don't think that as a a party, uh, they are for anything positive. They're against a lot of things, uh, but I don't see that they're for a lot of things. And so that's what we have to do is we have to start shaping our culture to fit our values. Because I think there's a lot of good conservative people out there, but it's kind of like they... They don't know how to fight it because they're they're being played. They're being manipulated. 
And we need to help see to see that that we're not the enemy. Um, liberalism and, and forward thinkingness is not the enemy. The enemy is people and institutions who want to continue to exploit you and continue to minimize you and continue to underpay you and undervalue you. Those are the institutions that we have to address. So anyways, uh, I, I hope you got something from this. Uh, I do apologize. It, it felt like one big giant rant, and I'm sorry if you don't like the political side of things, but um, you guys, we have to be a little bit, it's, it's our civic responsibility to get at least a little bit political, but I try very hard not to um, take sides. I try very hard not to be mean. Um, it's all about trying to get people to understand that we're being manipulated by our culture. The world around us, um, when you accept it the way it is, it's accepting the status quo. And when we do that, um, we are accepting uh, uh, things that that could probably be improved. And so there's a lot of things that we could improve just by being better people, kinder people. Um, it's all about trying to get people to see that uh, just because I look a certain way, just because I act a certain way, just because I care about the paranormal and all these things, uh, doesn't mean that I'm some fruitcake, that, that I'm some, uh, you know, weird person. I'm, I might be weird, but I'm weird in a good way. And so express yourself freely, live your life freely, and, um, don't let anyone, uh, tell you otherwise. When you know something in your heart is right, follow your heart. Um, but try to trust that the universe, uh, there's a natural timeline and time frame for the when and how things can be done. Um, so don't, you know, don't delude yourself into thinking you're going to be the world's greatest basketball player if you, you've never played basketball, you know. But, but if you know that there's something inside of you that has to get out, by gum, <laughs> I said it, by gum, do it, man, because life is terribly short. Um, you do not get a do-over. So... Uh, I would just suggest that um, you uh, live this life like it only comes around once. But that's what I have for you. That's what I got. Uh, I thank you guys for listening to this season. I I feel like I learned a lot. And I'm sorry this is so long, but I figured, eh, it's my final episode. What's wrong with a two-hour episode? Um, I hope it didn't bore you guys. Um, <clears throat> it's all about, you know, it's about reaching out to people. And you would be mighty surprised that... When you're kind and decent to people, um, show them by example. And when you show people through example to how to be a good person, how to be decent, um, there's a lot of people out there who they just want validation. And maybe they're impatient and maybe they're traumatized and maybe they're hurt and hurting. Maybe, maybe they don't want to get another job at Target because they're tired of being taken advantage of they're tired of making 12 13 dollars an hour when they know that they're worth more than that and so that's what this is all about you guys see your worth and man go for it because you've only got this one life so we will see you next season yes we're gonna go on vacation and we're gonna be going uh to down to california in october and then uh we're gonna take september and october off and then we're going to be back, you guys, for season two. So um, I've got all kinds of things in store for you guys. Um, while I'm off, while I'm on hiatus, please don't forget about me. I'm still here. Um, you can reach me 
on my social media, mostly on Instagram, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, uh, at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y. And uh, let's continue the con- conversation there. Um, I'm going to be doing some, I'm going to be getting my Patreon page up. I'm going to be uh, eventually getting some merch for you guys. I'm going to be um, uh, doing some spoken word content for you guys that uh, eventually will end up here on uh, the podcast. And so, um, yeah, I've got a comedy album coming. I've got, uh, you know, books that I want to write. There's a lot going on. And now that the Delta variant has sort of uh, sealed my fate in terms of going out to the comedy clubs or not going out, um, I I really want to focus my attention to season two of my podcast. I really want to focus my attention on um, really, really getting uh, to the heart of the matter with the paranormal. I want to start learning about why there's these paranormal uh, vortexes and hotspots and why we're seeing a repeatable phenomenon. It's so weird. Like I never thought going in to this, that I would start seeing, uh, uh, you know, the secret of Skinwalker ranch sort of uh, uh, act serve as a um, template for uh, other sightings around the world. And now I'm starting to see that, wow, there's like paranormal hotspots all over the country, all over the world that, um, uh, we don't understand, and so we're trying to understand that uh, the hard science of it, and why does that exist, and who is really, uh, you know, really out there. You know, we, we, it's about trying to uncover the truth, but it's also about having a little fun too, because I think um, you, you have to entertain those flights of fancy, you guys, because um, without fun and without silliness and without uh, you know, just uh, having that silly, goofy side, um, you're going to become all serious and um, nothing destroys your mental health <laughs> quicker than trying to be nothing more than a, a serious adult all the time. You gotta, you gotta have that playful side, you guys. So don't lose that. And please stick around. Don't, I don't want to lose you guys in two months. Please show me that you're, that you care about me. Show me that you um, want me to succeed by uh, sharing this, by uh, interacting with me with me on social media, um, when I get merch, please buy a, buy a t-shirt. <laughs> you know, uh, it's gonna help me so much. And um, I, I I I sincerely uh, uh, am grateful for you guys uh, coming to my aid and supporting me. Um, it gets real easy to think that people aren't there for you, but I know, I know, I have it pictured in my head that one day. Everyone's going to start realizing, wow, he's still at this. He's still doing that podcast. I had forgotten all about him. And then they're going to come around. And um, I really do feel that uh, people are going to come around for me. And uh, I'm not going to have to worry about uh, people uh, not having my back. Because I do believe that when your uh, energy is good and pure, uh, people have no choice but to uh, realize that, wow, that person really is a good person and he does mean well. And so energy is intention. And um, I just, I'll see you guys next time. I I'll miss you. Uh, Make good decisions and uh, continue fighting the good fight. And uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) I don't know how to end this. I don't want to say goodbye, Um, but just know that Rebecca and I, we really care about you guys and uh, we want you guys uh, to be happy and to live a robust life. It's what it's all about. So um, don't lose your sense of humor. Don't lose your childlike wonder. And uh, just know that Rebecca and I care about you guys. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you in November. 
Thank you so very much for supporting us. Continue to support us. Continue to go on social media. Come to my Instagram. We'll say hello and we'll talk. Um, I will have all of my information from now on uh, on uh, social media. So if you're looking for updates from me, uh, go there, turn on the notifications, and you will uh, continue to get notified about what's going on uh, on the podcast and in my uh, comedy and uh, really just in my personal life. And so uh, I want to thank you guys for being a friend. Uh, It means everything to me. So we'll see you next time. I love you. Thank you. Bye-bye.